And so this week, the title that I have given for this topic is called Be Imitators of God. Be Imitators of God. I'm going to name a couple of names here, and I kind of want you to just take a, a moment here to think about what are the similarities in some of these names here. So the first name that I want to give us is Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley. The second person is Michael Jackson. The third person is Abraham Lincoln. And the fourth person is Bruce Lee. Okay, So that's Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson, Abraham Lincoln, and Bruce Lee. Four names. Now what, what is it? What about these four names? Simple. Now, of course, two of them, two of them are seniors. One of them is considered by many to be the greatest U.S. president ever. The other one is a movie star. But one thing that is similar between these four people is that they are four of the people that are are imitated most often in our culture. They are the ones that are imitated most often in the society that we live in. Many people just like to imitate being Elvis Presley. They just like to imitate being Michael Jackson. They like to imitate being Abraham Lincoln. They like to imitate Bruce Lee. I mean, after Bruce Lee's death, many, many actors, many Asian actors that were making many, many uh, martial arts movies, and they were just basically imitating. We know Elvis Presley now. Many impersonators of and so, you know, one of the things that, that we often do when we find people, when we see, when we see that they are good people and, and we have an interest in, in them, then one of the things that we often do is we often imitate them. When I was a child, when I was a child, I used to go out into the backyard and I used to imitate Joe Montana. Just throwing the football, just like Joe Montana. Yeah, I used to imitate that play all the time. The play in Super Bowl 23 with about 34 seconds left. And Joe Montana dropped back Super Bowl 23 and they were behind. And he threw that pass to John Taylor at the end of the end zone. They came back to beat the Cincinnati Bengals during Super Bowl 23. I used to take my, my brothers, you know, I, I was the oldest one. So I used to take my brothers and, and my sisters out into either the backyard or to the park. And I would have them run that, that pattern just so that I can throw that pass, just so that I can try to imitate Joe Montana. Because when you see somebody who you just admire, when you see somebody who you think is, is just awesome, who's just a good role model for you, what you want to do is what we often do, that we do try to imitate. You know, Malachi and Eli. Malachi and Eli, of course, Malachi is only years old. Malachi is my, my grandson. And Eli, he just turned seven years old. Not too long. Probably about a week or two. Eli just turned seven years old. But they're always together in the house. Now that, now that we are in quarantine, 
they're always inside the house together. And one of the things that I notice just being in the house together for this past month or two is that Malachi imitates. He copies Eli with everything that Eli does. Eli will go on top of the couch and he will jump down from the couch. And Malachi will say he's going to do this. Will also go on that couch and he'll try to jump off that couch. Eli will run around the house, you know, and Malachi will see that and Malachi will go and he will also run around the house. But the funniest thing is, the funniest thing is that whenever Eli takes off his shirt, that's what Malachi also wants his shirt too. And so as he look as he looks on his uncle, he, he just wants to imitate many of the things. That his uncle does, and that's one of the things I that I often tell Eli when I when I recognize this that Eli you, Malachi just adores you. He he just admires you, and so he wants you to be that role model for him. So you better be a good role model. You better be a good role. Model. And so that's one of the things we do. And some some other times, you know, there are other times that we imitate people for humor, but most of the time when we many times when we it is because we admire and we see something in them. And so this week, as we come to this Bible verse in Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is writing this letter here and he's telling us, he's telling us that we are to imitate. Now, the question that I have for you how valuable. How much do you admire God? Do you admire God to the point in which you are willing to respond to this passage here and saying that I want to imitate God. I want to be an imitator. You know, oftentimes we believe in Jesus Christ. We come to Christ. We say we love Jesus. We say we, we, we believe in God. But many times faith is not to the point where we admire Jesus to the point that we want to imitate him, that we want to be him. But this is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying that as his children, as children of God, that we are imitating. And the entire the context of this, what Paul is, is trying to show us here is he's trying to teach us here that in order for us to have unity, in order for us to have peace within us. And of course, he's talking here in the context of the church. But this also applies in many different Also, It applies in the context of the church. It applies in the context of a family. It, it applies in the context of just being a, a nation, being a community. And so Paul is saying here, how do, you, how do we bring unity upon these communities, upon these societies, upon churches? How do we bring unity? And the way that we bring unity, the way that we bring peace to these things, Paul is saying we are to imitate. We are to have the attitude of God inside of us because we are his children. We are his children. And so just like a child, just like a child who often imitates his father. Just like a child who often looks up to his father. His father is often that hero. I remember this one time when they asked Tom Brady. They asked Tom Brady, who is your hero? 
and Tom Brady said, and they asked him why. And as Tom Brady was getting ready to explain that, he just started getting emotional to the point that he wasn't even able to explain to them why his father was his hero. But all he could say was that father is hero. And that's often the case, often the case for many children. Their father or their mothers are their And so they try to imitate you know, Simon, Simon loves sports. He loves sports. That's all he really talks about. Whenever he talks with me, it's all about sports. Okay? He, he has all these stats down. He, he has all these, you know, he, he knows so much about sports. He knows so much about every game. He knows so much about every stats. He knows so much about how tall the, this player is, how, how much he weighs, how, and things like that. Simon knows all these things. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm I love sports too, but I don't really know the, the, those stuff. I, I don't have time to really look into that. And si but Simon, he he has the time, and so a lot of times he will look into that, and he will know exactly how high a player jump, right? How high a player is able to jump in basketball. He knows exactly how fast this player in the NFL can run um, forty yards. Okay. And so Simon always, whenever he talks, that's the one thing that he talks to me about all the time. And sometimes I get tired of hearing about it. Sometimes I get tired of hearing about sports. But that's what he But the reason, you see, the reason why Simon is so into sports, the reason why he loves sports so much is because I love sports. I love sports also. And so when I was growing up, sport was something that was, was a big part of my life. I mean, I loved football. I've been watching football since I was seven eight years old and so i love football there's nothing to me there's there's nothing that i'm more passionate about besides the ministry than watching football watching that's what i used to do when i was a child when that's, when I, that's what i used to do um when i was a, a youth when i was a teenager i used to watch football every sunday i just that much and so basketball i, I love basketball too but that was more of a secondary sport for me Football was the ultimate. I just loved it because it's the ultimate team sport. Ultimate team sport. And so because of my passion for that as, as a father to Simon, he saw that passion into me in me. And, and so he, he, he also. And so he's been watching sports since he was around six to seven years old too. He's been watching football since he was about six to seven years old also. So he's really, really in. And so that's what we do when we see somebody that we admire. When we see somebody who we can say that that person is my hero, then the thing that we want to do, we want to imitate. And so today, you and I, we are Christians. We are believers in Jesus Christ. We have faith in Jesus. Okay? We have faith in Jesus Christ. And so the question really comes down to is this. How much do we admire? Do we admire him to the point in which we're willing to say, I will imitate? And this whole purpose of imitating him is to be, be able to bring unity to, to the families that we belong to, to the church that we belong to, to the community that we belong to. We want to be able to bring unity, peace, places. And so 
How do we go about? How do we go about in imitating God? How can we imitate? Well, we're going to look here at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 shows us the first thing that we must do. And it says here that we are to put off the old. Okay, so for us to start imitating God, we must be willing to put off the old self. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And so what is this old self? Well, the Bible tells us what it is. The Bible teaches us what this old self is. And, and so it says that this old self is the self or the heart or the person that often makes false proclamations that give that are false witness. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. This old self in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4, refers to the old self who used to speak foolishness. Who used to speak filthiness, who used to speak crude joking. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, it talks about the old self of someone who used to be a thief, someone who used to steal from others. It talks about in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it talks about the old self as being the, the person that used corrupt, uh, corrupting talk. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5, it talks about the old self, about the heart, the person that has bitterness. When you hold bitterness in you, when you hold wrath within you, when you, you are constantly angry, you hold anger within you. And you're a person who likes to slander other people, someone who, who is addicted to, to sexual immorality. These things are things in which the Apostle Paul is referring to as old self and then he goes on and he says that this old self which belongs to your former manner of life you see so what paul is saying here is that this old self this old self is the self that used to belong is the man the person that used to belong in in, in adam because in the scriptures there's only two there's only two two people there's no other religion there's no when we think about it from our human perspective, we'll say, you know, there's many different. We'll say, okay, there's Buddhism, there's a shamanism, there's Hinduism, there's there's a Islam, you know, and, and different religion. Then there's there's Christianity and so forth. And so we will name from our own perspective as men and women, we will name these different religion. But when it comes to the scripture, there's only two. In, in the scripture, you were either in Adam, you were either in Adam, or you, in, you are in Christ. And so when Paul is saying that put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, of course, Paul is talking to Christians. Of course, we know that because he's saying the word former indicates that to us, that these people are now in Christ. Okay? These people are now in Christ. And so the heart, the former manner of life, is the life that was in Adam. And so that person, that man, the man, the woman, the, the person, the heart, the old self that was in Adam, that old self needs to be taken away. That old self needs to be put aside. That old self needs to 
be put off, as the scripture says, put off that old self. And oftentimes we're unable to do that. Oftentimes we refuse to do that. Even though we are in Christ, oftentimes we still hold on that old self. Which really makes no biblical sense at all. It really makes no biblical sense at all for us to say that we are in Christ. But then we still have old self. We're still carrying self with us. That old self is still the one that controls our life. It really makes no biblical sense. But often that's what we often do in our own experience. What we often do is that even though we go to church, even though we say, God, so we say that we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We still hold on to that old, old self of the past, the self that was filled with bitterness, self that is often filled with anger and wrath. And so Paul is telling us that in order, order for imitate, order for us to imitate, this old self must be. It away, and if we don't put this old self away, and if we bring this old self to us into the body of Christ, all we're going to do, all we are going to do is we are going to grieve holy Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. That's do not grieve Holy Spirit, <coughs> but that's what we that's what we do when we. Won't get rid of old self. We, we're not willing to put this, and we carry it with. Us. We carry it with us into the body of. So even as we come into the body of, filled with, filled with old self. And from a biblical sense, okay, from a biblical sense, if you're still holding on to that. If you, you're, you're still carrying that old self, if that old self is the one that is still controlling much of your in a biblical sense, you're not in Jesus. In a biblical sense, you know, from our from our angle, from, from oftentimes when we think about it, we, we will say that yeah, you are, but then from a biblical sense, from a biblical sense, continue to let this self. You're not able to put this old self. It really comes down to meaning. Don't believe Christ. Or in other words, you're not yet Christian. And so that's what we have to do as Christians. We have to put old self. And when we're not willing to put that old self off, oftentimes what we do is we end up using the Holy Spirit as an excuse to justify our own sins and our own desires. And when we do this, when we do this, we continue to grieve the Holy Spirit. We continue to, to upset the Holy Spirit. Not wanting to. And many times we often use the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit even to redefine what the, what the Scriptures say. Even to redefine what the Scriptures Because we're holding on to the old self. This old self is still controlling. Still controlling. So when we Grieve the Holy Spirit, not in our. He, he, he doesn't 
doesn't come into our lives. And without the Holy Spirit, there's absolutely nothing that we can do. We can come to church as much as we want, but without the Holy Spirit, there is no power. There is no power in, in the proclamation of the gospel. There is no power in the ministry. So we need the presence. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Every thing that we do as Christians for us to have the Holy Spirit. We must put off the old self. And then the second thing is that we is that after we put off the old self, that we must also put on it's not enough. You see, it's not enough to put off the old self. We must also put on the new new self. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, that's what it says. This is put on the new self. And this new self is created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. And so this new self is something that God creates in us to be like him, to become like Christ, to become like God. So it goes back to that, 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 that theme, that topic, that he's creating this new self in us as we, so that we can become imitators of God, so that we can be. And so we have to understand that, that it's not enough off the old self we must also follow that by putting on the new self and when we read what jesus christ says in matthew chapter 12 verse 43 to verse 45 it's 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 a scary thing when jesus christ says in there jesus christ says in matthew chapter 12 he says that when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person it passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So also will it be with this evil generation. Now, what, what is Jesus Christ talking? You see, Jesus Christ is talking about here that this person is willing to put off the old self. But he's not willing to put on the new self. And so there is a danger in doing that. Because if you're only willing to put off the old self, okay, the old, the old unclean spirits, the old self that belongs to you, and you don't put anything in yourself, you don't put on the old self, then well, guess what? What happens is that unclean spirit, the unclean spirits that used to control you, when they go out and they wander around and there's no other places for them to go into, they will come back. They will come back to you and they will come back. And when you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, then these unclean spirits will be able to come back in you. And not only do they come back in, but they take more unclean. And what Jesus is saying here is seven unclean spirits. And so they take more of these unclean spirits and they come inside of you. They control you. And it makes things worse. You know, this, this is like I've always said this that this is something that's kind of more a little bit more difficult for you and I to understand because you know we, we've never really had that experience of conversion from one 
other. Of course, I was born into a Christian family, and so I never, I never really have that experience of how does it feel like to forsake my old traditional religion and to take upon a new religion. I, I don't really know how that feels like. And many of us, we don't know how that feels like too. But many of our older Hmong brothers and sisters, our, our elderly Hmong brothers and sisters, they understand how that feels. Because they went through it. They went through that conversion experience, through that experience in which they had to forsake their old religion and convert. And so we have to understand the danger of not being willing to put on the new self. And so the first step is to put off the old self. The second step is to put on this new self. And what is this new self? Well, the scripture teaches us that the new self is the self that speaks only the truth. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, speaks the truth. This new self is the new self that speaks with thanksgiving. This is in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. All things that we do as Christians, everything that we do, we give thanks to God. We give glory to God. And oftentimes, this is hard. This is hard. Oftentimes, this is difficult for many uh, people to understand. I know in the Hmong community, a lot of times, non-Christians, they don't understand why, why, why these Hmong Christians are always giving thanks to and, and, and they will look at this and they'll say, you know, when we give thanks to God for our houses, when we give thanks to God for our cars, many times we'll, we'll get criticized. Why are you giving thanks to God? Oh, you're the one that worked for it. You're the one that worked for your house. You're the one that worked for your, your, your cars. You're the one that worked for these things. You're the one that made sacrifices for these things. Why are you giving thanks to God? Why don't you take the credit? But, you know, many times as Christians, one of the things that I like to say is that we see things a step further. We see things one step further. So instead of just focusing on what we do, instead of just focusing on the physical realm of life, of the things that we see, we also understand the things that we see. We also are convicted in the things that we don't see, the things of faith. And our faith our faith teaches us that the reason why we're able to work for them is because God is the one that has provided us with the opportunity. God is the one who provided us with our jobs. God is the one who provided us with the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to go out and work for these. God is the one that provided good health for us. He provided health for us to allow us to go out and work for them. And so, yes, we don't deny the very fact that we work for them. We don't deny the very fact that we made many sacrifices in order for us to be able to, to, to achieve certain things in our lives. We don't deny that. But at the same time, we understand that there is a step further than that. That it is that we're only able to do those things God's love, because God's mercy. And so that's why self is a new self that realizes he realizes God and all things that he does. And so with this new self, it is a new self that is always speaking thanks. It is a new self that does honest work. You see, in the old self, the old self is a 
own self that is jealous of other people, that want to, that want to take from other people. The old self is the old self of envy, right? Envy. See somebody that's more successful than you. You see somebody that has more than you. And man, you just envy what they have. You just want to find a way to get what they, what they have. And a lot of times it causes you, because if being envy, many times what it does is it causes you to hate people. Many times it causes you to hate people just because there's achievement, just because who they are, just because they're more successful, just because they have more money, they, they have a better house, they have a better car. But this new self here, this new self here is not focused on being envious towards other people, but this new self here is focused on just doing honest work. And you do, and God bless you. You know, sometimes God bless you with many things. God bless you with much, much things. When God bless you with many things, you give God praise for them. Sometimes God don't bless you with many things. He bless you with lesser things. And even when you receive, still, still praise God. Because you find, you find contentment, the blessings, whether it's many things. It's all about God's glory. And so it's no longer part, it's no longer self that is envious. And this new self is also a new self that only speaks well of other people. It doesn't slander. It doesn't falsely make allegations. It doesn't falsely make accusations. It only speaks well. It only speaks in the sense to really build other people. Up. It does not, this new self no longer speak in a way to tear someone. The tongue is a small uh, part of our body, yet the tongue, tongue has a lot of power. With your tongue, if you know how to use your tongue, you know how to use your speech, you can build people up. You can really build people up. But if you don't know how to use your speech, you don't know how to use tongue to affect the speech. You know, as, as parents, that's one of the things we have to be careful with. Because our words, and nothing hurts a child more than the give to that. Nothing builds up a child, say. And so that's the tongue. tongue is an extremely, and, and Paul is saying, that in the new self, Speak only with the builds. And also, we are to be kind to one another. We are to be tender-hearted towards one another. We are to be forgiving. And these are all things to do in order for us to really imitate of God. We must bear with one another in love. Meaning that we must even love those that are unlovable. We must love those that are that cannot love us in return. We must help those that has no ability to help us in return. Because too many times we only love people that loves us. Too many times we only help people that we see that can help us. But that's not that's not the new self. That is not the self in in, in Christ. The self in Christ is someone who loves other people, 
unconditionally. So even though somebody is unlovable, even though somebody, um, even your enemies, right? Jesus Christ says that we are to love our enemies. So even if someone is considered to be our enemy, we, we must still love them. And that's what separates us. That's what separates the, 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 the self from the self. Even if someone was always writing on Facebook to, to demean you or, or, or to say something negative about you. I see all these, you know, a lot of times I, 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 you know, I look on Facebook. I, a lot of times I see all these drama on Facebook. You know, one person will write something to this, this other person. This other person will get upset. And this other person will write something back. And, and they have this big old fight. You know, have this big old fight. So things like that, even if somebody was, was doing something like what we are to do, we're still to love them. We're still able to love them. Um, so not only that, the other thing is that we must realize, we must realize that we are both. We are but one family. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, uh, or, for, or Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, he says that there is only one body. There is only one body, and there is only one spirit. And so this is what he's teaching, that we, we need to realize. We need to realize no matter what ethnicity you are, doesn't matter what culture you are, doesn't matter what denomination you are, okay? doesn't matter if you are a Republican, doesn't matter if Democrat, doesn't matter if you are an independent. Doesn't matter if you are a Baptist. It doesn't matter if you're a Presbyterian. It doesn't matter if you, you are a Pentecostal. It doesn't matter if you are a Methodist. But you are, there is only one body. You see, all these different denominations, all these different groups, is not something that God created. It's something that we men in our fallen nature, something that we create to divide ourselves. But when we look at things from God's perspective, and when we start to imitate God, and we start to see things from His perspective, from His perspective, there is but one. There is just one body. Paul goes on to say in verse 25, there is only one Lord. There is only one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all. And so Paul is saying here is that everybody, even as Paul, even as Paul was talking to the Greeks, even as he was speaking to the Greeks in Athens in Acts chapter seventeen, he said to them, "God made from one man every nation, mankind, to live on all the face of the earth." And so Paul traces everybody back to Adam, and he says that we all Adam, we all belong to one man. We all God created all of us. Okay, God is the creator of all of us through Adam. And with Adam, as Adam fell in sin, we all fell with him. We all fell with him. And our nature, as our nature, as um, it says in Ephesians chapter 4, 422, our nature became corrupt. And so because of that, that corruption in our nature, image of God became the nature of sin. We, we have a sin nature, nature that and so God restores that. God restores that through Jesus Christ. 
through Jesus Christ. But what Paul is saying here is that Paul is just tracing all of us and letting us, reminding us, reminding us that we are but one family. And that's the way that we imitate God. That's the way that we are to behave. That's the way that we are to understand the world if we are to imitate God, if we are to imitate Jesus Christ. You see, the Word of God, the Word of God in John chapter 3, verse 16, the most popular Bible verse of all time. We all know that Bible verse. <clears throat> and that Bible verse, and that Bible verse, the Word of God is not saying that Jesus, that God only loved the Jews, right? It didn't say, for God so loved the Jews. Or it didn't say, for God so loved the Greeks. It didn't say, for God so loved the Anglos. For God so loved the Mongs. It didn't say that. But it says, for God so loved the world. So God loves all of us. Everybody. God loves all of us. And because of that, he sent his son to die upon that cross for all of us. It did not say that Jesus Christ only came to die for the Jews. It does not say that Jesus Christ only came to die for the Greeks. It does not say that Jesus Christ only came to die for the Anglos or for the Mongs or for the, for the Hispanics or for the African Americans. But Jesus Christ came to die for all. And so to be imitators of God, we must understand this and we must hold this close to our and we must also have a heart that genuinely love have this love towards other people the soul genuine in the in the word of god jesus says that if someone asks you to walk a mile with them take that extra mile and walk two miles too often too many times in our lives we don't want to too many times in our lives, instead of walking the extra mile with people, we don't even want to take that first step. And their journey, their journey may be different from yours. Their experience may be different from yours. But that is okay. That is okay. As long as you take that journey with them, you walk with them so you know who they are. And so even if they were to ask you only to walk one mile, take that extra step or take that extra mile with them. And we can't be these stubborn people when people ask us to walk with them. don't even want to take us. We see the heart of the Apostle Paul. We see the heart of Jesus Christ to the point that he was willing to sacrifice his own life on that cross. And this is the type of love we must or this is the type of love that we must have in our own life. Paul says in Romans chapter 9, verse 3, he says, For I could wish that myself were accursed and cut from Christ for the sake of my brothers. You see, Paul's heart was so broken. Paul's heart was so broken towards his brothers and sisters, towards the Israelites, towards Israel, towards the Jews. When he talks about my brothers for the sake of my brothers and sisters, he's talking about his own countrymen, that his heart is so broken for them. Because at that time, they were not, many of them were not willing to come to faith. As a matter of fact, at that time, many of them were persecuting. And so Paul is saying, man, my heart is just 
so broken for them to the point that I'm willing to be cut off from Christ. I'm willing to, to, to sacrifice myself just so that they will come. Just so that they will be restored to God. That's, the, that's how deep Paul's love was. People. And of course, we know the story about Jesus. We know the sacrifice. So when we imitate, this is the type of love that we really have. And nowadays, people love, uh, people yearn for Christian role models. Of course, they can't see God. They can't see God. But the people that they see, people that they see is you and I. We are that role. They look up to us and they want us to, to show them, to be an example to of who God is. And if we don't imitate Christ, if we don't imitate God, if we don't, we don't have this new self, if we don't put on, and the only thing that we're able to do, we're only able to damage. We're only able to damage God through our own actions, through our own behavior. Many times through our own actions, through our own behavior, people lose faith in God. Because we talk about a mighty God, but we don't live it out. We talk about a God of love, a God of grace. Many times we don't live it. I want us to be able to stay like the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, where he says, imitate as I imitate. You see, Paul wants to be that role model. He wants to be that role model. He wants to be that mentor that we can, that we, we you know, our eyes, we don't see. We can look upon Paul. And so that's one of the things that we need to look upon, even in all, our own lives. Who is it among us that we can imitate? Who can we imitate as they imitate their own life? In conclusion, I just want to say that, in, that, the, that the Word of God teaches us that we are to be holy just as our Father in heaven is holy. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, the Word of God says, that whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walks. So in other words, if you say that you believe in Jesus Christ, you need to live your life Christ lived this life. And it goes on to say that if we don't do these things, then we're just lying to ourselves. If we don't do these things, we say that we believe in Christ. We say that we, are, we abide in Christ. We say that we are connected to Jesus Christ. And yet, we don't live that out. Basically, what it's saying is that we are lying. We are not in Christ. That we are not believers. We don't love Christ. We don't live these things. And so I want to encourage us, especially, especially during this time of pandemic, in which many people are waiting to see where the church, what the church would and it is a time for us as the church to really step up and let our light shine through this time. And we do that by imitating God, by, by being like God, like being like Jesus Christ. 
We do that by putting off the old self, by putting on the new self, by loving one another, by understanding that we are all but one family, by, by this willingness to be able to sacrifice ourselves for one another, by being, being willing to just say that I am going to become a role model for everybody. So that they have someone. This is what we this is what we must do for this difficult. Many people are uncertain, they're unsure what the future. Many people have lost their I don't know there's many people out there. You know, as a pastor, as a pastor, I am to be sensitive to every group. To every group. And so there are people out there have lost it. They don't have, you know, they, they, they worry about their, they worry about whether or not they can pay for their, they worry about whether or not they can provide food on the table for their children. And I, I've told this story before, but I read a story about a month or so, about a father, about a father who, who's, who's just, who just had a child, and he was walking throughout the store, and, and there was no formula. It was work. How do I how do I provide formulas for my for my my infant? And so there are parents out there who are so worried, children, because. And so there are people out there that are protesting, wanting economy. As a pastor, my job sensitive to them also, not just one group. Sensitive, understand where they are coming, and then there are those who, at this time, at this time, are afraid of getting of opening. Because of course, no one wants to get. No one wants to get, and to to that group, I also them, also be them, and so. As a pastor, my job is not to choose sides, minister, where, and I, and I hope that we, that we, that in this country, that we will start listening, that we will start listening to one another, that we will start thinking of being one family, regardless of ethnicity, regardless Regardless, we're a Democrat. I pray that we start listening. I, I see things online all the time, and whenever there's an, all the stereotypical ideas come. Whenever there's issues, uh, we always always see the things stereotypical ideas that white people are racist. We often, say, I'm not white. I often defend white people, a lot of times Anglos, in that sense. We cannot, be, we, we, we cannot see one incident and blame an entire can't do that. can't label these, can't label such a, they're all one group. We, we have these stereotypical ideas of groups and, and you know, a lot of people, agents are often seen as, as those or uh, 
those who who study a lot in school, right? But you know that's that's not always true. You know, these stereotypical ideas are always true, and so but a lot of times our own nature and our nature we we um we go we 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 use these stereotypical ideas and we just project it, and I I believe that's many many instances most instances I just don't believe the thing for us to do as the is to realize that we one family there's only one body one one God I hope we as continue to share that message aren't just so today I want to encourage us to continue to imitate Christ and continue to imitate God in our difficult thing for us to do. But we are now in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so let us pray. God, we thank you so much for just being with us here today. We thank you so much. For your son Jesus Christ, as he came upon this earth and he, as he lived upon this earth, set that example for us. Follow. Through your son Jesus Christ, we see who you are. Through your son Jesus Christ, we know who you are. And so, as we set, so, set our hearts to imitate you, imitate, we want to be like that we can all. And so we ask that you empower all of us. Because through our own power, through our own ability, we have none. It is only through the power in which Jesus Christ, your Son, upon returning to heaven, promised all of us the Holy Spirit. And it is through this Holy Spirit that our lives will be able to be that we will be Live out Christian others because it's not our desire to just it's not our desire to just teach about it, but our desire our desire is to live it out, live it out and be the light of this world during this dark. And so, Father, I lift everyone up to you and ask that you be with all of them. You know, we meet again next week. So in the name of our Lord Jesus. Okay, I'll see everybody again next week. God bless.